Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your fabulous host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm back here today to talk with you about all things attachment related. I'm so excited. Today, I'm going to talk about how to communicate on dating apps when you're anxious. This is a topic that is close to my heart. I love online dating. I met my husband on Tinder. We did meet eight years ago, so I'm sure that some things have changed. But that being said, we are a success story. And so I'm excited to share some tips with you all today. Before I get into the meat of this episode, as always, I just have my check-in. And holy wow, what I am working on this week is baby-proofing my house. My son is six months old. He is already crawling. He's not just crawling. He is crawling all over the house. (laughs) It started off with just cute little rolls and then a lot of rolls. And then as soon as he figured out how to roll, essentially he started crawling. And then he was just doing like really tough army crawls, like pretty slow and like would kind of go from one side of the living to the other. And then that phase has quickly escalated to, I can crawl all over the house. I can stand up. That's not true. He's not cruising yet, but he like can manipulate things and get higher and lower. And I wasn't expecting to baby proof until another four months. So this is a very quick timeline. Just a lot of things feel like they're changing. He's grown out of his bassinet. So I got to figure out what we're going to do for sleeping surface. We are co-sleeping for the record. Anyone that's listening that is a mom wondering what I'm doing for sleeping, I'm doing co-sleeping. It is phenom. I love it. And I just um, installed his six-month, the six-plus month attachment onto the stroller so that he can sit in the seat as opposed to having the car seat attached to it. So lots and lots of changes. I just feel like he's a big kid now. And that was fast. So. Yeah. (laughs) Just trying to catch up, really. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay. Let's get in to this week's episode. So you're anxious. You might not even know your attachment style, but my guess is that you're showing up here and that you feel like you're anxious. You might lean towards a anxious, preoccupied attachment style or a fearful avoidant that has some anxious, preoccupied tendencies. You might be dismissive avoidant, in which case, welcome. Hi, I see you. You're here. And you're going to learn a lot about how anxious people show up on the apps today. So that's exciting. If you don't know your attachment style, head on over to my website. It's sarahcohan.com, S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com. On the homepage, you will see free attachment style quiz. Click that. Take the quiz. It'll give you a breakdown of how much of each attachment style you resonate with. And then you can start to use that to heal your attachment style. As I tell everyone, your attachment style is not your fault. You're not responsible for the creation of it, but it is your responsibility to heal. No one else can do that for you. You have to take that uh, responsibility on. So as part of that, here we are today to talk about dating on the apps, sorry, communicating on the apps when you're anxious. 
And first, I just want to talk about how anxious people show up on the apps. So if you're on the apps, and I'm talking Tinder, Hinge, why am I blanking on all the apps right now? <laughs> I was on Coffee Meets Bagel for a hot second. Okay, Cupid, kind of old school. What's the one with the, where the women reach out? I can't even remember. Bumble, Bumble, there we go. And then um, maybe you're on Grindr or some more queer dating apps. There's tons. There's so many. I just found out about one last weekend. It sounded really cool. So no matter what app you're on, if you are actively reaching out to meeting people, most likely how you are showing up on the apps is a combination of excited and nervous. And nervous and ex- nervousness and excitement feels very similar in the body. You're excited because you love connection with people. You love emotional connection. You probably like physical connection. You love attention and approval. And when you're on the apps, you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of those needs met all at the same time just by reaching out to people and swiping and then having conversations. You're nervous because you want people to like you. Anxious preoccupies tend to deal with a lot of people-pleasing tendencies, codependency. They don't set boundaries because they prioritize the relationship over their own needs. So you're probably showing up very excited, a little bit scared, because when you're in this situation, you want this person that you're talking to to really like you. Oftentimes when I'm working with clients, what I'll hear is, oh, we went on this date and oh, it was so great. And I think he really likes me. And this is the behavior that shows that he really likes me. And I totally get it. I have been there. I still do need some external validation. But what's more important to me now is do I like them? Do I like her? Do I like him? Are they interesting to me? Do they seem like when the going gets tough, they could be there for me? Do they seem like someone that can handle my background of growing up in a very tumultuous, chaotic, traumatic household? Because that comes with its own set of baggage. And if they're not up for dealing with it, this isn't going to (laughs) work. That's how secure people show up on the apps, by the way. They're showing up like, is this going to work for me? Am I going to work for them? They're seeing both sides at the same time. So you're probably really focused on, is she going to like me? Are they showing me that they want to date me? And you're you're really looking at like how many times they're communicating with you. You're probably even timing out. This is one of my favorite things with anxious, preoccupied people and fearful avoidance that lean anxious. You're timing out your communication schedule and strategy with them. So this is super fun. What's happening is, is they'll communicate with you. And then you're like, okay, so they sent me one text today, one message on the app. I'm going to wait as long as they waited to send me a message. So let's say you sent a message last night. They didn't send a message till this morning. You're going to wait. Let's say it was 16 hours. You're going to wait the same amount of time they waited to text them back. And then you're going to match what number they're sending. And if you send more than that, you're going to really judge and shame yourself because you're going to feel like you're too much. You're, you're a burden. And they're, you're like trying to back off. You're trying to like get them to communicate with you. And then you're trying to like back off immediately. So, or sorry, you're not trying to back off. You're judging yourself for doing that. Wow. I just grabbed my microphone and 
it tipped over, but we're back, people. Okay. So if you are noticing yourself like keeping score, keeping track of the communication schedule, trying to make it equal, just know that this is a losing battle. You don't need to do this. I want to honor and validate why you are doing this. It's because what's happening is you feel like you are over communicating, you are being too much. And so you're looking to them to, to supply the like, the cadence and the accepted timeline for communication. And that's okay. Because you want that attention and approval from that other person, this is a safety mechanism in your brain to give you your to ha- like help you get your needs met. So I just want you to honor that and be really compassionate with yourself. So first of all, first step for the anxious person that's communicating on the dating dating apps, I want you to slow down. Just take a beat. Take a beat. And when I say slow down, I mean slow down on your swiping. You don't have to say yes to everyone. Slow down on your response time. Slow down on when you are responding, what you're saying. Because it gets so exciting and you're like, oh, this could be something. And I, you know, I'm, I really want to feel this feeling in my body, the butterflies, the excitement, the nervousness, right? But if you're starting to slow down, what's happening is you can start to actually realize, okay, is this person actually interesting to me? Or am I just being intoxicated by the attention? Ask yourself that first. That's going to be a common theme in all of these tools that I'm going to give you. Okay, step two. After you started to slow down, catch a breath, notice when you are people-pleasing. Now, people-pleasing is probably something that you're very familiar with. I have done it most of my life. I have come from a long line of people-pleasers that comes with a lot of codependent territory. That comes, codependency comes with a lot of substance abuse territory. It's, you name it, I've experienced it. I was a golden child in my family. So that meant that I could never fuck up. I could never do anything wrong. Couldn't have needs because if I had needs, that meant I was taking away from someone else's attention or them getting their needs because there there was no abundant meeting of needs in my family. It was like we have a limited, finite amount of resources, a finite amount of attention. And if you're taking that attention away from me, then it's not safe. Do not poke the bear. Do not. That's what it was like in my family growing up. So that means that I really tried to, oh, I was always seeking outside approval, external validation. I was always looking to my surroundings and my pe- the people around me to say, you're safe, you're good, you're likable, you're enough. Like always looking at that from an external source. And then I was constantly saying yes when I meant no and worrying too much about how my actions would affect other people. This is where the codependency meets people pleasing. So that's tough. I host, I just hosted a webinar on people pleasing. It's free. I'm going to do it again in May. And so, or maybe, may, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to do it again, maybe in May or June. If you're interested in learning about, about more about this webinar, I highly recommend it. It is very potent. I want you to get on my email list so that you are aware of when the next webinar will be. It's free. And you're going to learn a lot about your people-pleasing tendencies and how to start to end them. 
So what I want you to do when you're people pleasing is notice when you're just kind of eking out a yes or a laugh or a giggle when something isn't funny, but you want to laugh at it or a yes when you actually it's a no. Do you want to go for Thai food tonight? Nope. I actually want Chinese. Do you want to meet up for a drink? No, I don't actually drink alcohol. I'd love to have coffee. Do you want to go on a hike? No, I don't actually feel safe going on a hike with you. I just met you. Let's meet somewhere where I can share the location with my friends. I've heard that a lot. Notice those moments when you are saying yes, when you actually want to be saying no. And then this is just a little hack. I want you to, two parts. One, notice. Notice what feelings your people-pleasing is protecting you from. Is it the feeling of rejection? If it's the feeling of rejection, this is your homework. You need to get very comfortable with the feeling of rejection. I know that sounds really harsh. And like, you're probably wondering right now, like, how the F am I going to do that? That sounds terrible. Because you've been protecting yourself from that feeling your whole life. So I get it. It's very hard. I want you to go very slow. But start, there's, you can do EFT tapping, go look on YouTube, search EFT tapping for rejection. Brad Yates hosts a fabulous EFT for rejection session on YouTube. It's absolutely free. I've got a somatics feelings meditation on my website in the free tool section. You can do the meditation and just use the feeling of rejection there. Do this every night for 21 days. You will be amazed by how much progress you make. And how many things you'll just start doing because you're not afraid of rejection anymore. <laughs> but um, start to get extremely comfortable with the feeling of rejection. And then the other thing that I want you to do is make a plan for yourself of how, like maybe you notice, okay, this time I didn't say what I wanted, but next time I really want to actually say what I wanted. Make a plan. Just visualize it before you get into the conversation with someone. Make a plan. Visualize how you're going to say, oh man, I really like that idea, but actually I just need a chill night at home tonight. Like actually I just need to do a Netflix and chill. Can we like not go out and like be around other people? Whatever it is the need is that you have, visualize yourself saying it and just, just start there. Eventually what you're going to do is you're going to start visualizing it. Then you're going to make a plan to say it. Then you're going to blurt it out and say it and you're going to blurt it out and it's going to be so awkward and maybe you're going to like be shaking or crying or it'll be like really, you'll have a high emotional reaction to it, which is totally fine. This is so normal. This is totally part of the process. And then after you get that one, one time out of the way where you're just like, I need to do this. Then the next time you'll say it in a lighter way, in a lighter way, in a lighter way until finally you're just like laughing about it. you're like, no, I actually don't like Thai food at all. It's too heavy for me. And it gives me heartburn. That was my pregnancy story, but I love Thai food. Do not get me wrong. Okay. So that's how you can start to work with your people pleasing tendencies on the app. Again, come to my webinar. You can get on my mailing list on my website at the footer. You'll, You'll see how to get on there. And then the other thing I want you to do while you're on the app, while you're talking to people and you're slowing down is I want you to think about whether or not you actually like this person or if you just like them because they are giving you attention and approval. This is a big one. Journal about it. Make a voice note on your phone. Talk about this with your friends and prioritize answering this question. Do I like them 
Or are they just meeting my needs for attention and approval? Be honest with yourself. Because what's happening is when we're online dating, all of a sudden we'll meet this woman and she'll be meeting all of our needs all at the same time. And they're giving us so much attention and she's giving so much approval. And we're getting so excited by that. And we're not meeting our own needs for attention and approval. And so, of course, we're like, oh man, she was amazing. I love her. I'm obsessed. My body like wants to be around her all the time. And then eventually what happens when that activation wears off because you've started to see each other for a while and yes, they're meeting your needs for attention and approval, but you're really getting to know each other. All of a sudden you're going to realize, oh, she does all these things that drive me crazy and I'm not actually interested in her. Or these are kind of some deal breaker things for me that I just blew past because I was so invested in a need and attention, sorry, the attention and approval that she was giving me. So really slow down and think about that and try to make a commitment to yourself that when you're dishing with your friends about this new person that you're dating, that you specifically add that as a bullet point that you're going to cover. I love this. Okay. Next step, meet your own needs. Bam. That sounds so easy, right? You're like, Sarah, fuck you. I do not know how to do this. I totally get it. I think I talk about this in almost single, every single episode of Lit AF. Meeting your needs is the most important work you can do for your healing your attachment style. Insecurely attached people often look at having needs as being a burden, being too much, being too needy, not being good enough. Oh, I heard this one recently from a client. If I let other people help me, like if I let other people meet my need, then I'll be beholden to them. Oof, that is like a gut punch. Like that, when you've got a story around needs, that's when you know that you've got to repair your story around your own needs. So you do that first by meeting your own needs. So if you have high needs for attention and approval, try to make dinner for yourself. Try to make a meal for yourself. If that sounds like too much, try to make two meals for yourself. (laughs) Try to really give yourself attention and approval. Start a journal practice. Do morning pages. Make a commitment to send voice, voice, record, sorry, record voice notes to yourself. You don't have to send them to anyone. You don't even have to listen to them ever again. You just have to commit to recording them to create a relationship with yourself where you are giving yourself attention and approval. Notice where you are not allowing yourself to get attention and approval. If we've got a hole in our needs bucket, which means if we judge people for seeking attention or approval, when people give it to us, we're going to be like, nope, that's not safe. Get it away. And then we're not even going to acknowledge that that need is getting met in that moment. So that can be another way to just check. How are you getting your needs met? And when they are being met, are you actually acknowledging it or is there a story around it? Okay, with needs goes boundaries. So setting boundaries I know is difficult. I totally understand. I was so afraid of setting boundaries. I used to be so afraid. It's on there with needs, right? A boundary is how we safely share and communicate how other people can be in relationship to us. That's all it is. I've heard a beautiful quote. It's like, boundaries are the point where I end and you begin. It's the 
guidepost fence post that helps people understand, okay, like where and how can I best show up for you and communicate with you that will make you feel safe? Setting boundaries does not mean that you are needy, does not mean that you are too much. Setting boundaries means that you are able to stand up for yourself. You know yourself very well and you expect that people will be able to meet those boundaries. Now, we also (laughs) say expect and I shouldn't have said that actually because sometimes people aren't going to be able to meet our our boundaries. They're not going to be able, some people are going to cross our boundaries and that's okay. We don't have to be militant about our boundaries, but we do have to remind them gently. Okay. You crossed my boundary there. Some boundary I've had to set multiple times with my mom is I'm not going to gossip about people that we know anymore. I grew up gossiping. It's such, such a bad habit. I I mean, it was, it was just, it was currency. It was how we chatted, gabbed, connected growing up, like my whole family. And so I wanted to quit that habit and I wanted to really have deep, beautiful, meaningful communication with my mom, or we were actually just talking about ourselves and we weren't trying to solve the world's problems and we weren't focusing on everything about someone else. So that was my goal. And I've had to reset that boundary over and over and over again, constantly. And I do it gently and I do it compassion. And I just keep doing it because (laughs) this is a boundary for me and it's important to me. No one else is going to set this boundary for me. So yeah. So know that you're going to have to reset your boundaries constantly. And that is part of boundary setting. That doesn't mean that you're not setting your boundary right. It doesn't mean that the other person is terrible and that you shouldn't be in a relationship with them. It just is. It's part of boundaries. Part of boundaries means that they're going to be crossed. And so that is a wonderful moment for you to learn how to reset the boundary over and over again. More on boundaries. I'm sure I'm going to host a workshop soon on boundaries. They're so incredibly important, especially for this attachment style. As you're dating, you might find yourself, someone's going to ask you to do something that you might not be comfortable with. I challenge you to set a boundary with the next person that you're dating, whoever it is, man, woman, intersex, trans, whoever it is. I want you to challenge yourself to set a boundary. I'm actually not comfortable with that or I'd prefer to do this thing. That's not okay with me. I would rather that you text me in the morning when you first wake up, something like that. It can be easy. It can be fun. It can be light. And again, same exposure training for setting a boundary as to sharing needs. If you are struggling with boundaries, just start to think about, especially when you're in a situation where you're like, damn, I really needed to set a boundary there. You can start to just visualize what it would look like to set a boundary and then go from there. You're going to do baby, 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 baby steps. Picture it. Imagine doing it. Get to the point where you're maybe going to eke a boundary out. Again, it's going to be like really intense. You're going to like feel your stomach clenched up. It's going to come out maybe with tears and that's okay. Just be really compassionate towards yourself. Know that what you're doing is generational trauma healing work when you are setting boundaries. That's how I look at it. I am ending generational trauma by setting boundaries. 
So it's important work that you're doing. No pressure. (laughs) But I really hope that you acknowledge that and give yourself some major, 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 I almost want to say kudos. (laughs) You're just going to laugh at that. Just give yourself some gratitude for doing it. It's really brave. It's super brave. Okay. Last thing. This is my favorite thing of online dating. So as an anxious preoccupied or fearful avoidant on the apps, I also recommend this for dismissive avoidance, but for different reasons. When you are burnt out on dating, after you've been on a slew of dates that just sucked, or you feel like you're seeing the same people over and over and over again on the apps, or you just feel like really pessimistic and you're starting to say things like, I just don't think there's anyone out there for me. I want you to take a break. I want you to delete the app from your phone. Don't worry about that beautiful profile that you've already crafted. You're going to create a new one. You're going to be, someday you're going to get re-inspired and you're going to create a better version, a better profile, better pictures of you. Just let it go. Delete it. Get it completely off the phone. And do not tell me, I'm not dating, but I'm still swiping. No, 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 no. No, take a full break. It's really important to take a full break to get this completely off your mind, to reconnect with yourself, to make that dinner for yourself, to journal, to go out and do things that make you feel so happy and re-energized so that you can bring that new sense of energy and relationship to yourself, to the app. I know that sounds selfish. It is not selfish to connect to yourself. You are going to be the only one in the relationship with yourself for the rest of your life. No one else is. No one else. So it's important that you got that relationship down. And being on your own is the quickest way to get to know yourself. It's the funnest way. I loved it. I love being single. My husband always makes fun of me. He's like, I know you love being single. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I did. That should feel good. Like I'm choosing to be with you, even though I know that I love being single. But That took me a while to get there. It took me like a year of being single to get there. And before that, I stayed way too long in a relationship because I was afraid to be single. So for me to say the words, I loved being single is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And I know you can get there, but you got to take care of yourself and you got to be in relationship with yourself and you got to honor when you need a break from dating. Taking breaks from dating was the most powerful thing, the most powerful thing that you could do. I mean, it's a complete and utter reset. Okay, those are my tips for you to communicate on dating apps when you're anxious. I am thinking about you while you're doing this. I'm proud of you for dating. It's a beautiful thing. I wish you all the best. Good luck. Get out there with your bad self. Meet some people. Have some fun. Do it while honoring yourself. And uh, I just hope it goes really well for you. I'm excited for you. If you want to work with me on your anxiety, on people pleasing, on setting boundaries, I would love to do that with you. I work with folks in a 12-week container doing one-on-one weekly coaching. I'll um, help you with some belief work so that we're going to get out all those old beliefs and stories that I mentioned earlier, like If I let other people help me, then I will be beholden to them. And we reprogram your brain over several weeks to start to believe in the fact that you are safe. 
that you are safe, that you are worthy, that you are enough. So many beautiful things and that you are lovable. It's, yeah, I love doing this work. Reach out to me. You can visit sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. And there you'll find all kinds of information about how I work with people and you can book a discovery call. And in this free call, these calls are so fun. You will learn so much about your attachment style and what is holding you back from making change. It's really powerful. So book a discovery call. I'd love to work with you. I'll talk to you soon. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week.